every individual that I even spoke with uh-huh. who was on the medical staff, I would say, I am here because my baby died. Uh-huh. To let them know I was carrying life. That life has passed. Welcome to Walk With Me. I'm Tori, and I'm so glad you're here. Walk With Me is a place where real women share real stories of struggles and joys as they walk alongside a very faithful and a very real God. Today on our program, we have Rachel Nolan. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks, Tori. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself or your family, your God story, really anything you think we might like to know about you. So, I am married to Ben. Okay. We have... Four kids. Okay. Ruth is six. Emma is four. She's almost five. All right. Abraham is two. Okay. And Henry is one. Wow. So I've been a believer since I was about six years old. All right. I grew up about in Ruth's a, age. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I grew up in a Christian home, and I I longed for Jesus to be God of my life, but hmm. I didn't know what it meant for Him to be Lord of my life. Huh. And when I was probably around 16 years old, um, just through a variety of events, through Bible study leader, through attending the camp, God showed me the need in my life for him to be Lord. Hmm. And it changed. It changed understanding that he was to be fully the boss and Lord of my life, and I was not to be the boss of my life anymore. And I was baptized hmm. at that time and really started growing even more in my faith. So you weren't any longer kind of sailing on your parents' coattails. You yeah. Just, you figured out, like, this is a personal thing. I have to choose. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that continued to grow when I went to college. I, you know, you get out on your own and realize, is your faith your own right. or is it your parents? Right. And how, how does that look? And what yeah. does that look like to pursue a relationship with Christ right. and is that something that's important to you and uh-huh. it continue to grow yeah. at that point yeah mm-hmm. that's great um so tell me more about your kids so you have two girls two boys mm-hmm. and today we're going to talk about miscarriage but I want to hear about your the children that you have here so describe Ruth, their describe their personalities yes uh so Ruth the six-year-old is True to her namesake, Ruth means friend, and she knows no one as an enemy or (laughs) unfriendly at all. Could you tell that she was like that when she was a baby? When Ruth was 18 months old, she would say hello to everyone, everywhere we went. We would go through the grocery store, yes. She was constantly saying hi. People love that. Oh, man. The old ladies in Fairway (laughs) loved her because she would always say hello to them when we were going by in the cart. Probably made their day. Yeah. Uh So she is a friend to all, and everyone is her new best friend. Uh Emma, our four-year-old, who's almost five, is creative. She is um, lighthearted. She's compassionate. Huh? She loves to serve, and she loves to meet people's needs. And so she's always there to lend a helping hand and be available. Oh, I love that. Which is sweet. Uh, Abraham, who's two, Uh he is, uh, he's hilarious. He's so funny. He, um, 
I don't know. He loves to wrestle. Huh. He loves to snuggle. He loves reading books. Yeah. He loves to play with trucks. Uh-huh. Um, great personality. And then Henry. Good thing he got a brother. Yes. Henry uh-huh. is one. And Henry is a very much an extrovert who loves to talk and be a part of the party. And so <laughs> he has to keep up. Yes. He's got to keep up with uh-huh. everybody else. Right. So, yes. He's Sweet. always on the move. Sweet. And is he just one? When did he turn one? He's 15 months old. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's a fun age. Yeah, he's really fun. Super fun. Yeah. Okay, so you suffered a miscarriage a few years ago. We talked about it a little bit before we began. Um, define, um, most people know this, but we're just going to define it anyway. Define what a miscarriage is and and fill us on, in on kind of how that happened, Um you know, what the circumstances were. Give us some details. Yeah. So a miscarriage is uh, a loss of pregnancy. And okay. I, it was interesting. I looked up on the Mayo Clinic webpage oh, to yeah. look for the proper definition okay. for a miscarriage. And yeah. it said it was between, um, you know, generally between 12 and 20 weeks of pregnancy. And Oh, generally. I was thinking it was earlier than that, normally, but that's normally when... Well, I think normally... majority occurs. Women, if they miscarry before 12 weeks, they don't... Well, they don't don't know. They They don't don't always know. They call it something different or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell us about your your experience with it. So, we had found out we were pregnant with our third. Okay. And, um... And how old were your girls? Ruth was... Two and a half. Okay. And Emma was almost one year old. Okay. When we found out we were pregnant with our third. I had no complications with pregnancy At the for either two. of the two, two and girls. And did it? Did you get pregnant easily? We got pregnant easily. Okay. Yep, very easily. And okay. so um, it wasn't a surprise that we were pregnant. And um, I didn't expect any complications. You don't? And so... When you've had two normal pregnancies yep. close together. Yep. And so we are big supporters of life we love life and we knew that um the gals at informed choice who do ultrasound testing for early you know early on in pregnancy what they like to do at informed choices they like to um practice using their ultrasound right they are always asking for like models or um, participants yeah they want people to come in because what what they're looking to do is to train nurses uh-huh. to use the ultrasound machine in order to, when a when a client comes in, uh-huh. the nurse can do an ultrasound on that, on that individual and show them the life that's within their body. Right. In order to encourage. Yeah, I love life. that. We actually did a podcast mm-hmm. with Informed Choices uh, last year sometime. I'll have to that's link awesome. that to the, to yeah. the podcast here. So we were we. As I say, excuse me, we didn't expect anything to be amiss. I was 11 weeks pregnant. And, and you so went there to... I went to Informed oh, Choice got it. in order to have an ultrasound done. Uh-huh. And um, it just, by God's providence, was one of the days when Ben could come with me. Oh, he didn't good. normally go with yeah. me to yeah. medical appointments. Because because we, yeah. 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 You didn't... We didn't expect anything. Right. We, we didn't plan on anything um, being amiss. And so... We went into our ultrasound, and as the technician leading the ultrasound was teaching the other nurses about how to perform an ultrasound, I could tell 
the something room changed. Was, oh, something was off. Yep. We had probably four other individuals that were in the room with us at the time, and I could see on all of their faces something changed. Because you watch for things like that when you're in that type of an environment. You watch people's faces. Yeah, and they were asking questions, just clarifying questions about how far along I thought I was Mm. and had I yet been to my doctor, had Mm. I had any previous complications with, with pregnancies. And they stepped out of the room, came back in, and performed a second ultrasound. Um, they say anything? They hadn't yet. They weren't for sure if there was anything wrong. And okay. and as we were talking, they said, you know, we're nurses and ultrasound technicians. We don't have an obstetrician in the room who can uh, make a medical decision at this time. But from what we see, uh, your baby is not viable, alive. And... Um, <clears throat> You know, it's so interesting because it was totally God's providence that we were with believers. Right. Um, And Ben was there. Yeah, and so they gave us a few minutes to gather our thoughts and um, came back into the room. and, And they prayed. Oh, wow. They prayed over us. Wow. Yeah, it's still painful. It's still painful. <laughs> so, so we um, we left our meeting at Informed Choice. Did you just feel numb? Did you just was um, it unbelievable? It was. It was. It was confusing. Um, it was surprising. How did Ben react? We didn't expect it. He was very strong. Huh. He um, he was very strong, and we we weren't for sure what to do. We were encouraged to call my obstetrician, and so I called their office. It was uh-huh. the end of the day, and I called them, told them that I had just left an ultrasound, uh-huh. and they didn't find a heartbeat. My obstetrician is phenomenal, and they scheduled an appointment the following day for me to go in to meet with them okay. and to have another ultrasound. Yeah, to so see your, what was your going experience on. was a little different because most people mm-hmm. don't find out like this. Right. Most people find out because they're spotting or Right. Yeah. Right. And it was interesting because we we went home that night and we thought maybe we had been off on the timing. Uh, maybe we weren't for sure exactly when we had gotten pregnant. Maybe mm-hmm. it was too early to detect a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was, I ha- I was 11 weeks along. I had lost our baby at six weeks. Oh, and really? My, How do they know? How do you know that? <clears throat> so they were able to measure okay. um, the size of the fetus. Oh, wow. Compared to the size of what my uterus was growing. And so... Okay. My body continued Just, to think I was pregnant, and it plowed on forward even though we lost how, how the baby. how often that happens. You know, I don't know. Would your body have um, spontaneously miscarried, and it would have shown, or what would have happened? So, what happened? What did, what, were the, what did you have to do? So when we went to the obstetrician, um, we talked, and we, you know, this was 
it had been quite a while since we had lost our baby and we didn't know it and um talked it through with her what do you what do you do do you Mm -hmm. wait until your body recognizes that the Mm -hmm. child has died Mm -hmm. do you go in for a medical procedure um I love I love our OB because she is a strong supporter of life and Mm. so she said you know some people would send you home they would give you right now what they call an abortion pill Mm, and you would go home and your body would recognize that you have lost this baby and you would go through that process at home and we waited a few days to think about it okay and decided um because my body did so well being pregnant with my girls and it was doing so well being pregnant at this time and wasn't registering that I um, didn't have a viable life at this point that I did need to go into the hospital for a DNC Mm -hmm. and um, it was a hard decision because I um, as I say we're strong supporters of life and it felt like I was having an abortion. Of course. Even though you knew in your head, you knew for sure the baby was not living. Right. That's still, the guilt still creeps in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, it's it's a fight my mind has to still have with the enemy. Huh. Where he wants to guilt you, make you feel like you did something mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Huh. I think we have to learn, um, yeah, to defend ourselves against Satan mm-hmm. in all areas, mm-hmm. and especially areas like this. Mm-hmm. He's going to bring it yeah. up over and over. Yeah. Huh. So, how, do you, how do you do that? How do you defend? How do you put on the armor? You know, I think reminding myself of the truth, and by God's grace, when we went into the hospital for that procedure, um, I, every individual that I even spoke with Uh who was on the medical staff, I would say, I am here because my baby died. Uh To let them know I was carrying life. That life has passed. It was really good for you to reiterate that to yourself over and over Mm -hmm. and over. Because it was important for me to, for me, for myself that I needed to hear that and for them to understand I was there because my baby had died. But my body wasn't doing the work that we thought it should do right. in the in that bit of time frame to move forward. Exactly. And so it was it was very unexpected in that way. Looking back, um I can see a time where I didn't feel well around 6 weeks pregnancy. Really? And I had a very small bit of spotting, but it wasn't such that caused any alarm. Yeah, it wasn't shocking. It didn't send me into the doctor. Uh Uh-huh. And so... And all pregnancies are different. You don't know. Right. Sometimes you're sick. I was much sicker with my girls than I was with my boys. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm. Wow. So... Yeah, that's that's kind of um, uh, not the story you often hear. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So So if you hadn't done the ultrasound... Mm Mm-hmm. So if I hadn't done the ultrasound, I would have gone to my next OB appointment a week following oh, wow. that without Ben. That... And I would have been there by myself. And I really, it was so God's providence. It was his providence, his sovereign grace, because 
He put me in a place where I was with believers mm -hmm. who love life. Right. And they grieved with me. Oh, yes. And you they need that. loved me. And they, they gave me a pamphlet uh -huh. that was by Focus on the Family about yeah. embracing miscarriage. And I went home that night and I read that pamphlet cover to cover, uh -huh. every word. And it's as though the peace of the Lord fell upon me. Huh. And I needed that rest knowing that he was in control. Right. That he had this. Yeah. Because otherwise you tried to figure it out in your head. But mm -hmm. if you can just rest in the sovereignty mm -hmm. of God, mm -hmm. that's true rest. Yeah. And, and sometimes things like pamphlets or scripture or a sermon or a song will give you those things, mm -hmm. and those are gifts. Yeah. So um, why do you think so many pregnancies end in miscarriage? Or do we just know that the end in miscarriage is more than we did? Do I you think it's more common? I think that, you know, I've thought about that a lot. So I think it's just we live in a fallen world. Hmm. And the truth is... So we lost, we named that baby Huck that we lost okay. in January. And then eight months later, we got pregnant again. And at our... Were you hesitant to be excited about that pregnancy? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. I was, I was hesitant to become pregnant, and I was hesitant to become excited about that pregnancy. Yeah. We, um, yeah, we talked about it, but, you know, we got pregnant again. And my OB had said, when you get pregnant again, come in at eight weeks in order to have an early ultrasound with us so that we can... Is there anything they can give you for... To make it less likely to miscarry? Like hormones or anything? So, miscarriages are... I, I fully believe a miscarriage is because of the fall of man, huh. that we live in a fallen world. It is generally a chromosomal disorder that okay. happens. And so... So, so they yeah. should allow it to I think, happen. Well, and I think for some individuals, they might have a medical reason that could help them sustain a pregnancy. Uh-huh. But generally, miscarriages aren't preventable. They're uh -huh. unforeseen. Those are the days that God ordained for those children. Right. Huh. Right, and I really, yeah, because we, with our second, you know, we, we went in for our eight-week ultrasound. Mm -hmm. We weren't for sure what we were expecting, and come to find out, her heartbeat was really, really slow. But you found one. They had a heartbeat, and I was so excited because I knew then to look on the ultrasound to see what the heartbeat looked like. But the ultrasound technician called the doctor in, and we knew something was wrong. Oh. And the doctor came in, and she said, you have a heartbeat of 50 beats a minute, but a heartbeat at this age is to be between 140 and 160 beats per minute. And the thing is, we were just planning that day to leave to take our family to Wisconsin mm -hmm. to bury our first baby that we had just miscarried right. to my parents' lake house. Yeah. And so we said, no, we can't. This can't be happening. We can't be losing another baby. 
within <sighs> days of when we were due with the first baby that we lost. Oh my. To take so that child to be buried. what did they say about the heartbeat being so, what was the, what was the so thing with that? when the doctor noticed that her heartbeat was 50 beats a minute, mm-hmm. and it should have been. So much higher. So much higher. She came in and she said, this is, this is too slow. And it didn't register to me at first. I thought, it's okay. She can pick up her heartbeat. You know, something will, it's. Mm-hmm. Nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't want anything to be wrong again. And um, and the OB said, no, your your baby's dying. Your baby's dying. And how do you, how did that hit you? Did you just want to give up? You know, um, it's interesting because I can't understand why God was so gracious, but he was. Huh. We, we left and grief hits you differently, a husband and a wife mm-hmm. and at different times. And as we left God, it's as though he was whispering to me, it's a girl. Her name is Grace, wow. which there was no way to know at eight weeks. Yeah. I was, was, was going to ask girl. that. I was going to ask that. But God graciously whispered that to me. We went home. We gathered our kids, our two older girls, got them in the car, started heading north to Wisconsin to go bury Huck, which is what we named our oldest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and I can tell you right where we were on the interstate. And I was wrestling with God. And I was crying out to him, praying in my heart, mm-hmm. don't take this baby, please. Hmm. Trying to hang on. Heal this baby. And it, this soft, sweet whisper said, isn't it better to be with me? And it is. It is. It's so much better. And I said, it is. It's better, God. It's better for you. It's better for this child to be with you. And I kid you not, I could feel. I knew in my heart and I could feel in my body that she was dying. And I didn't I didn't miscarry her that traditional way again. My body continued on. And we went and we buried her. And it was devastating, but rejoicing, knowing that he was in heaven. We came home, met with the doctor again. We had a second ultrasound with her, and they confirmed that she had died. And it confirmed they were able to, te- to gauge what day she died. And she had died that day when we were in the car, oh, wow. when we were driving. When God spoke. Yep. And we found out later, Grace had trisomy 15, which means she had an extra chromosome 15. And she would not have survived um, life outside of my womb. Right. So it is better for her. It was better. Because she is whole. 
she is healthy. She she feels no pain. Yeah. She's got a brother to hang out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's a brother in heaven. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a story. Yeah. Wow, thanks for sharing that. That's so hard. But beautiful. Yeah. Really beautiful. Yeah. God, you know, at the time, it's overwhelming and devastating at moments, for sure. But looking back, I see God's fingerprints all over it. Hindsight is so good for us in our faith because Mm -hmm. we see God's really actually been faithful the whole time. Mm -hmm. It felt like things were out of control, but they never were. Mm -hmm. So if you felt yourself, have you grown um, just in maturity through Mm -hmm. all of this? Mm -hmm. Has God shown you things about yourself that that he's changed? Mm -hmm. Or ways that you've had to release or Mm -hmm. learn to trust him better? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think some big things I've learned are my children aren't mine, mm. even from the moment they are conceived. It's so hard for moms. <laughs> it so is. so hard for moms. It is. It, it is. Yeah. Because we want them to be ours. We want mm-hmm. to say that they're ours. Right, right. And I think I've learned that it's better it's better for my children to have died and be in glory than it is for me to have experienced a full life with them Hmm. and them to not know the savior. Yeah. Agreed. And so that was a tough, that was a tough thing for me. And even as I got pregnant again, two more times, I truly asked God, if you do not desire to choose this child to then show mercy on them, now. then take them now. Mm-hmm. I would much rather them be with you. Right. And I don't, I don't have a promise that they will live a long life. I don't have a promise that they will grow up to be Christians. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that God knows that was and is the desire of my heart Mm -hmm. that it be better for them to know him for all of eternity Mm -hmm. than to be separated Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. but still that's a difficult prayer to pray really difficult Mm -hmm. yeah it was letting go yeah letting letting go go. yeah Mm -hmm. and it's not that it was perfect i mean when i was pregnant with both of our boys it was still very difficult it was very difficult to trust very difficult to wonder, had they been moving enough? Uh, had they kicked of course, enough? Of course. Did something happen? Yeah. And so that, that fear, fear was still, still there. there. Huh. Yeah. Has it made you a less anxious mom, though, do you think? Mm. Just the, the experience of having to turn them over right then? Hmm. You know, I don't know. Maybe. Being a mom is, is hard because there's a lot of fear. There is a lot of fear. You know, I do think... If we can get after it sooner, it does help because mm-hmm. there is a lot of things to be afraid of throughout their life and a lot of things to compare ourselves with other moms uh-huh. throughout life. And yeah. if if we're able to establish early on a foundation of trusting God and staying in the lane where he has us, uh-huh. 
Yes. We're much more satisfied, mm-hmm. much less uh, frantic, I think. And there's more peace. Much more peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I can get to a point, like I could when my children were younger at least, where I would just kind of have these frantic kind of uh, thoughts going round and round in my head and then they'd kind of consume me uh, mm-hmm. with worry. And then I just had to say, no, actually, God, these are your children. And I, yeah. I, I mean, over and over and over. And I still have to do that. Right. But it's just a, it's just a laying down my rights yep. for my kids. And I think being yeah. thankful every day. And I think for me, it changed to say, thank you, God, for today. Mm. Thank you that we got Not today together. Not why did you do this to me. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's an excellent yeah. Reversal. That's a really excellent way to view things. Rather than, why me, God? Wow, God, thank you so much mm-hmm. for what you've given and the grace that you've given. Even my child that I have never raised. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks for raising him yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. So um, we went over a lot of our questions just in our conversation. Um, so how were people helpful when you suffered this miscarriage, or both of them? How were people helpful, and how were they maybe insensitive? Ways that they were helpful. Uh, ways that people are helpful. I, you know, when we came home from that trip to Wisconsin where uh-huh. we had buried our little boy Huck, we had friends that were waiting at our doorstep with a meal. Oh, we had spent all day yes. in the car, and I had a friend that said, "I'm coming. Uh, I'm bringing you dinner." I love that. Just being there. Yeah. Um, physically being there. Physically being there. Yeah, and. Sending a text when it would have been my due date, uh, saying, I'm thinking about you today. Yeah, yeah. You're on my mind. You're on my heart. Yeah. Because um, you still have to function for your other kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, just being available, okay. being a listening ear. And how were people, uh, maybe even people in church, how were people insensitive? Or maybe they didn't understand. Did you have any of that? You know, I think that when we haven't gone through... Uh-huh. Maybe suffering, we don't know how to rightly respond. Right. I think that's something we're maybe ill-equipped in doing. I think we could be trained better. Right? Yeah, I think the church could do a better job at training people to respond to suffering, maybe. Yeah, we just don't know We just don't know what to say yeah. or do. And I think yeah. we we had... I The pamphlet I had been given at Informed uh-huh. Choice was so great. One of the lines was, be willing to forgive people for what they say before they say it. Ah, uh, Yes. Right. Which is, you, and that's why when I send you questions, I said, please just get rid of any that are insensitive because I haven't gone through it. Mm-hmm. I don't know the things that yeah. might trigger yeah. bad feelings or hurt. But I think, you know, it's just, it's those one liners of, well, God had a plan, mm. or at least it's you have off. other children. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I think, <sighs> you know, it's just, it's being that listening ear to say, do you want to talk about it? Mm-hmm. And if so, mm-hmm. can we sit down and talk about mm-hmm. it? I think the other thing that was so nice is when people would just act upon promptings from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to love on us. If mm-hmm. they said, I was thinking about you, I was praying for you, I'm going to send you a text. Yeah. The reverse of that is individuals who didn't reach out mm-hmm. because they didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. That hurts yeah, too. That hurts too because you feel like they're ignoring you. Yeah. And oftentimes they're not. Right. They're praying or they're doing, but they're not telling you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so even that little quick text that Uh says, I'm thinking about you today. Yep. Yep. That means a lot. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, those are good words. Because that's nothing huge. Mm-hmm. It's small acts of kindness and I notice you. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. So, um, what things, other than maybe teaching people to respond better to suffering, what things can we as a church do to serve people suffering from miscarriage? Mm. Written down some ideas. So you talked about bringing a meal. Bringing a meal. Okay. Sending a text. Sending a text. You know, I think what's interesting about that question, Tori, is that we all have the Holy Spirit, those uh-huh. who are in Jesus Christ. Right. And if we see someone suffer and cry out to God on their behalf, asking how we can help. I really think the Holy Spirit will lead in that way. And so, as fellow believers, listening to the prompting of the uh-huh. Holy Spirit Not and acting on it. that. Yeah, acting on it immediately. I notice that if I don't act immediately on those things, they'll get kind of pushed aside and then I'll think a few days later, like, oh, I never did that mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Even writing them down or writing myself on a sticky note, yeah. that helps me like, oh, yeah, I need to do this. I need to go and... Uh, you know, go grocery shopping for that person, or I need to send a text, or I need to tell them I prayed for them. And even if it is after the fact, months mm-hmm. later, yeah, that's, that's still, still is meaningful. Oh, good. Because you know that person is thinking about you, and right. you might receive that text or right when no, you need to, just when you needed it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how God works. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so those are the things that helped you, that people did. Did you do anything for yourself to kind of help yourself, you know, get to the, a better level, a better uh, mental state? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any, like, resources you could share? You talked about that pamphlet. Yes. So I, I can link, like, Informed Choices, and maybe it's online. It's actually, if you, ty- if you type into Google, Embracing Hope After Miscarriage, yeah. Focus on the Family, mm-hmm. that. All their information comes Hmm, up. We'll do that. Which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then there is a sermon series by John MacArthur. Okay. The sermon is The Salvation of Babies Who Die. Huh. It's a two-part series. I think I've listened to part of that. Have you? It's Mm -hmm. on the Grace to You Mm -hmm. webpage. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is phenomenal. Huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll get the um, maybe the link from you, and we'll link that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you just kind of had to choose to listen to things that um, were true. Yes. You to tell yourself the right story. Yeah, and I mean, because there was little one-liners that I would hear, even from that sermon from John MacArthur. He had said, don't mourn over your children who have lost, because they are in heaven. They are in glory. They're experiencing a better life than you are. They are. And mm-hmm. focus on those that you have in your presence. Hmm. Not all women are able to get pregnant again. And that hmm. is an ache in their heart. Oh. However, oh. if there are other children in their life that God has given them, or spiritual children uh-huh. through Sunday love school, them. or love on those kids. It's good. Love on those kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, those are fantastic. I, I love it that you were able to share your story, even with tears. I mean, that's so real and raw and meaningful to so many women who will listen. So thanks for doing that. Thanks, thanks for being willing to be very open and um, raw and real with the women listening. Thanks. So would you like to pray for them yes. and um, that they would uh, gain hope through Jesus? Mm. Yeah. God, we thank you that you are perfect in all your ways. You are fully sovereign. You are Lord of all creation. You give everything life and breath, and it is all called good because you made it. 
Lord, we thank you that eternity is real and we have a great hope for those who are in Christ. And we praise you for those millions of babies who have been lost, who you know, and who you call to yourself. I pray for the women who have broken hearts that you would heal their broken hearts. May their relationship with you grow in strength and might for your name to be glorified. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. There's lots of women that maybe are in the spot that you were really hungering for just information or truth to fill their spirit so they know that, yes, they can make it another day. Mm -hmm. So thanks for being an encourager for those women. Thanks, Story. Yeah. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me and we'll talk. Thanks for joining us today on this walking and talking journey as we strive to encourage women as they take yet another step closer to Jesus.